Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. So this week, I think we're going to continue on with our, what did we call it, ramped up click pitch? <laughs> yeah, I think you called it ramped up. Yeah. So for those who are just joining us this week who may not have listened before, welcome to episode 92, for one. And uh, click pitch is a game where we usually each have a, well, let me do that again. Click pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three to one click, we click refresh. And usually in the past, we've got one word. But this week, for the second time, instead of a single noun or adjective, we're each getting a uh, each getting an adjective noun phrase. Uh, and I think this week, because last week we sort of took each of those words as separate words. I think maybe this week we should try to make sure that the adjective actually applies to the noun that we each mm-hmm. get. So, it's, it is more using that phrase just to sort of limit that scope a little bit. If it doesn't work out and we can't make that work, then we'll, you know, go a bit further afield. But Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Let, let's, try, let's try to get, like, an awesome game that we just want to keep on talking about right at the end again last week. Uh, oh, like yeah. Last so, week. we just go for an extra half hour. And- yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. All right. Three, two, one. Let's do it. Click. Playable gumdrop. <laughs> Easier poisoning. <laughs> Those are good phrases. So, I mean, obviously, at least one of your characters is a gumdrop. Yep. Um, now, I guess, are we are we thinking, like, a candy gumdrop sort of thing? Is that what a gumdrop- Is that the only thing that a gumdrop is? Are there other mm. words? Okay. Okay, hey, Wikipedia. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it a little bit, little bit out of out of like left field or something. All so, right. what quite frequently is in a gum tree? Yeah, none other than a drop bear. <laughs> so it's a playable drop bear. <laughs> okay, you didn't want to be candy. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm I'm happy no, with because because I'm I'm just thinking about um, you know, mellow drops. When when I when I think gumdrops, mm. I'm like I need to get mm-hmm. away from that. Our friend and, uh, John Kane, his yep. game. John, previous guest of the guest mm-hmm. of the show, Grit Gritfish is his handle. Go check him out. Especially check out like all his awesome games. Um, yep. Killing Time at Lightspeed was. I still haven't played that. I mean, I've been meaning to. It's quite a fun game. It's on the phone now. I think so. I should. Yes, I it should is. get it. I helped test anyway. that. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Playable drop bears. I like that. Now, as we all know because we have to be aware of it at all times in this great land of ours. Drop bears um, are poisonous. Definitely. Or, you know. Or um, are they poisonous or are they well, venomous? They- so, so, if you lick them, well, do, you, do you get- you like- got, So, you got poison. So, <laughs> you got the word poison. So, actually, they have to be poisonous, which- Yeah, is, so just makes lick them. <laughs> makes it slightly more interesting. Yeah, but th- that's the thing. They, like, launch at you and try to shove themselves into, into, the, into your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and also, it could just be that- Oh, no, I guess that's still venom if it gets into your blood. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. Maybe maybe it's- uh, What happens if- Maybe if- they- Maybe- <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Maybe they um, expel a poisonous gas of some sort. Hmm. I, I was mm. thinking, what happens if, if like, they were able to squirt venom, but, like, squirt it into someone's face, and then it's, it's literally the, the fact that it goes into their mouth. Like, they ingest the poison because the venom is also poisonous. So, a bit of a, like, Dilophosaurus kind of situation. Hmm. Hmm, okay. <laughs> I like this. I like this. Let's- Yeah, all right. So, this is a game where you- Obviously, you play a drop bear, and maybe it's through an upgrade path that you get to, like, choose the different sorts of things that this drop bear has. So, I don't know if it's, like, a nuclear mutated drop bear that- is growing new parts to more effectively kill. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's giving me a bit of a Mad Max sort of vibe. Um, sure. So I'm is that just not so it's much Australian the as well. Desert side of things, but but the well, um, no, because they require trees for all the dropping. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking that it's just after it sort of happened. Um, you get the first lot of mutations and. There's still lots of trees sort of around because it hasn't gone completely dry um, 
just oh yet. yeah 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 well it's it's maybe just a minor nuclear event <laughs> um all right what where a mini chernobyl as it were <laughs> yeah um a, a shinobi <laughs> <laughs> okay so a this, this is the back a shinoblet <laughs> this is the backstory the um the Liberal governments have decided to um, put in, you know, a- um, A coal-powered people- <laughs> nuclear <laughs> People realise that, station. okay, you don't, you don't want coal, you don't want um, nuclear. Well, guess what? We're going the lesser of two evils, nuclear. Um, so, they build it and they build it badly because they do what they normally do and um, choose the cheapest supplier possible. And they oh, get a mini Chernobyl, also known as a mini Sydney. <laughs> is that because that's where they put it? Yeah, they put it in of Sydney. Of course they put and, it in Sydney because Sydney they're all fucking Sydney siders. Right, so Sydney's gone. Um but it, so it's okay, so it's a it's the Sydney way the wastelands of Sydney and you play drop bear. So are we saying in this in this world that drop bears are mutated koalas or is it just that drop bears were one of the only an- living animals that were hardy enough to like Survived the nuclear um, only fallout. Living animals that, that survived, but also happened to get mutation uh, mutation powers out of it. So yeah, um, they they're now you know they've got an upgrade path of of what they can they can sort of get depending on how much radiation they sort of yeah end up getting yeah. Well, and so then they now they're sort of feeding on radiated beings. So all right, let, let's talk. Let's talk the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been playing a ton of Spider-Man this week, and so- Hasn't not, everyone. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's got any sort of webs, or though maybe there's some sort of like- Upgrade um, path that you get webs. Upgrade path. Maybe not webs, <laughs> but like some sort of um, mo- like movement, um, but easier movement. But maybe I like the idea of jumping, like doing nice big jumps from tree to tree. <laughs> a drop air doing parkour. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking like full on boom, 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 parkour. I'm thinking like you're holding onto the tree and you can sort of, you know, um, you know, you hold down the left trigger and you move the, um, you know, you move the thumbstick and you've got like an arc that's going to be the arc of your jump. And okay, so that's so how when, you when also you, attack people. Held, but when you said hold down the left trigger, I'm thinking, okay, so what? It's Assassin's Creed now, isn't that just parkour? No, no, no. I didn't mean to move. I meant, like, to aim where your jump is going to go. Then, then I was literally thinking, how awesome would it be to stalk people through, like, the tops of the trees? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you're like- But you can't just- Yeah, it's not sort of as smooth a movement as parkour or, or even Spider-Man going through. It's sort of- You have to time and aim each jump. Because, you know, you're still a fucking koala-shaped creature. You're yep. not this super dexterous, agile thing. Yeah. So, I think- you can survive on on eucalyptus leaves. In fact, eucalyptus leaves are how you sort of get back some of your health points. Mm-hmm. But I think um, what your goal is for each of these things is to avoid the hoop snakes and um, the hooper snakes. No, the hoops, the hoop snakes. You know what? Yeah, the hoop yeah, snakes. Yeah, I know. They they like bite their own tail and and roll. Yeah, they roll. like a hoop. Yeah. Um, and then you know, so they well, they and, have and, to drop in fact, one of the there's like um. Because, you know, this is obviously a bit open world and you've got all your little tasks. And one of the tasks is you have to do your jumps through, like, a hoop snake um, habitat where you have to actually jump through the hoop snakes, like, yep. like they're hoops. Yep. Uh, and so really, yeah. and it's, it's all about getting the combo. So, if you can- on yeah, you like, jump, get them lined you know. up. Yeah. And they're sort of yep. just rolling back and forward. You know, they yeah, yeah. Well, one you know, of them happens to get into a half pipe, and you know, well, that's it. If they fall, if they go into a dust bowl or something like, they can't really get out of it very easily. They get stuck, like tur- like turtles getting stuck on their back. Hoop snakes get stuck in you know a curve. Um, so, uh, so obviously you're going to be attacking humans though. Like, what are humans oh, yeah. left in this world? Um, I think I think they're scavenging for gasoline. Um, oh, okay. So it's it is very Mad Max. It's very Mad Max in that, you know, they've got, like, the the open-topped sort of cars, and that's perfect mm, for perfect. you, because if they <laughs> yeah. you know, drop into the back seat and- Oh, I love the idea. Yeah, I love that idea of, like, you know, even more challenging timing, obviously, is is uh, is doing your jump and landing in the, in the fucking seat of a car on someone's head and shoving your poisonous fist down their throat to watch them slowly <laughs> Make die. Make him lick that fur. <laughs> lick that fur. Lick it. <laughs> Um, so, 
I think this is early on in the Mad Max days in that, you know, everyone hasn't sort of transitioned to leather and, and all that sort of stuff yeah, yet. Yeah, and it's, it's not still the like- sort of whole patois speaking- um, is that the right word? I don't know. No, I don't but you know what I mean. Like, the, the different dialect and stuff. I think it's it's a bit more recent after yeah. the actual event. Um, so, people are still wearing jeans and T-shirts. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, like, some people have radiation suits and things. Because it's <laughs> a fucking fallout and, zone. And, and that protects them a little while against the poison. <laughs> but not against yeah, the well, Yeah, well, ne- that's an extra challenge. <laughs> well, no, well, that's an extra challenge because, you know, like the noble platypus, one of the um, things- one of the upgrade paths is the um, spur on your feet, and mm-hmm. you use that to tear them out of their radiation suits. I've got to say, platypuses are no fucking joke. They're fucking scary as all fuck. I think DLC, or unlockable character, platypus. Yeah. It's got all the same moves, but instead of a koala-based uh, being, it's a platypus-based being. Like- Maybe it's just all- Well, I mean, the platypus isn't this, but maybe it's just all marsupials. You can just play all- You can choose a type of marsupial. Hmm. Well, it would a platypus be you- called a drop? Would it be a drop puss? <laughs> well, what I was thinking is, is like you can also like collect some inventory and stick it in your pouch. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea. I kind of yeah, like that, that idea a lot. You, know, you get inventory. one inventory slot, and you unless you, know, you decide you can- to mutate yourself a second pouch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, upgrade paths. Okay, yeah. three to one click. <laughs> it's a pretty awesome game. That's actually. a good one. I like it. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know if we can use this one. You go first. Intimate claws. Oh, God. That works perfectly. Sext custody. Hmm. S-E-X-E-D. So, something that has been sexed. Custody. Ooh. But intimate claws works well. Like, there's some sort of law-based something around somebody who's had sex with something or someone. Well- <laughs> And <laughs> I saw the word claws, and I immediately went to Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. <laughs> this is the porno version. No, I'm, I'm picturing of the Santa Claus. This this is like the unseen the Santa part whores. Four. This is the unseen part four, in which um, the unseen, the unseen part four. What's the so- unseen? Oh, the Unseen. I thought you were saying that there was some franchise called The Unseen, and this is the fourth part. part You're saying this is the Santa Claus part Part four four that nobody has seen. That has not been seen, so therefore it is Unseen. Um, But it exists. So, uh, but it exists in game form. Um, Wait, 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 wait. Or you play a game where you play Tim Allen, and it's all about (laughs) not letting the Santa Claus part four get released because it was too intimate and sexy. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm thinking- <laughs> Are you just brushing right over that? Because I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, it was. It's pretty cool. Let me, let me just explain where I was going first and then you can, then you can decide. Then I can just throw it away and go in my day. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking in part four, what was actually happening is, um, Mrs. Claus caught, caught Tim Allen or the, caught Santa. Caught Santa. Um, yep. sexting with like, uh, um, his ex-wife. And so she's suing for custody of their now kids, which are elves. So it's just a huge legal legal battle around like Mrs. Claus and and the kids. All right. Um, I I do like that, and I think it comes down to because every in every movie there's like some sort of fine print that you know it sort of pushes pushes the story along. So you know, in the Santa contract. In the fine, 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 fine print. So the finer print Scott, than, than the part that they found in in like in the two and three part two or- and the part in part three. I don't, yeah. I don't okay. think I ever saw part three. It had like Jack Frost or something. Yeah, it did. I don't know. But in the finer print, there's what's known as the intimate clause, which is exactly that. If Santa like breaks the fidelity of his marriage to Mrs. Claus from part two, yep, yep, then. Um, she takes over the whole operation. So the Mrs. Claus becomes. Like, she becomes the first female Santa. First female Santa. It's Santa. about time. Why can't we have female Santa? Why? Why does you know Santa Claus need to be a man? Well, that's it. What <laughs> happens if a woman kills a Santa? Ooh, 
Ooh, now, now I'm picking up for, for like part five. Yeah, that's <laughs> she true. She goes on a murderous rampage. <laughs> no, no, no. I think this is cause kills Santa and becomes Santa with a beard. And well, everything. maybe there's. Oh, well, maybe what happens then is okay. Maybe it's not that. Hmm. Maybe it's not that Mrs. Claus inherits everything. Maybe what happens is that this is the case where that where Tim Allen's Santa dies and is killed by a woman. And maybe oh, no, this is this is getting. Oh, I'm not the, sure this should be the thing because it's now. a little bit distasteful. No, but what I was going to say is maybe because then does that mean that this woman is now married to the current Mrs. Claus? No, because and then I maybe think the, the intimate the previous Claus, Mrs. Claus. I well. This is this is the dark thing. This is the dark secret about the Santa Claus. Oh. When Santa died, Mrs. Claus wasn't at the North Pole when in the first no. movie. Does she just she disappeared? Flicker out of existence. That's fucking dark. <laughs> all right, all right. We, look, there's definitely a game here. We've got to find it. Yeah. What's the general? What's the? I don't. What of what? Which of those ideas appeals to you the most to actually sort of um, write a story? Or a game about. I, I do kind of like the idea of the intimate clause being like the the part four in which you know um, Santa and Mrs. Claus. You know, there's actually clause that they have to be intimate at least like once a year, or something <laughs> like that. Right. Um, okay. To keep the magic going. <laughs> the Santa magic. <laughs> or the marriage magic. <laughs> so, well, both obviously. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Um, How else do they get new elves? <laughs> <laughs> oh god she just have a litter yep this now this is going in a direction that is turning me on no uh, <laughs> all right but still a game what's all right what sort of game is this going to be because i definitely like some santa action of of having to hmm. fly fly around a bit deliver some presents all um, that'd um, be fun and sex while he's doing it <laughs> With Mrs. Well, Claus. so maybe it starts off. Maybe the very first scene is you. It's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You've just you're halfway through your deliveries, and so you get a little taste of fun zooming around gameplay in your sled. You've got to like land it. You, you got to feed the reindeer. You got to get in, deliver the presents. Yeah, I'm liking this. Yeah, yeah. You got to be very careful on the roofs because if you do die. Well, that's it. That's it. Like, make sure that nobody sees you or hears you and comes out and surprises you because, you know, you're very- You're not very light on your feet. Cool. Uh, cool, cool, cool. But this whole time, like, after a few of those, you get a text message on your Santa phone. Is it from your ex-wife? Yes, exactly. And she's like, hey, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> she accidentally hey, said big it red, Hey, big red boy. No, no, no she purposely sent it to Oh, you I think this more. is something that's been going on for a little while now. It's just we're coming in in media res as, Ooh, as, nice. it, as it is. I, I like I like that you used in media res. Like I, I was just thinking- I was impressed with myself. I wasn't gonna like like flag flag it, but now you have. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds much smarter if I don't congratulate myself. Um, yes, Cut so- it out so that so that you don't congratulate me on congratulating you. <laughs> Or just leave and this whole conversation. And in media res and- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this is something that's been going on. And basically, when you get back to the North Pole, then that's when Mrs. Claus comes out and she's like, I'm invoking the intimate clause. We haven't had sex in a year. And also, you're like texting with your ex-wife, sexting with your ex-wife. And we can come up with some really good sexts that are all in- filled with Santa-based innuendo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend that we did and go. <laughs> Something about beards and bellies and red suits and bellies. Laugh so hard that he shook like a oh, bowl he shook full of me, jelly. He shook me like a bowl full of jelly last night, baby. <laughs> um, ring my bells. <laughs> I've got bells in all sorts of places. Uh, something so- about Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Rudolph's nose isn't all that's going to be red after I get done with you. They're into spanking. God. What was the fucking husband's name? We'll just call him Judge Reinhold. <laughs> yeah, Judge Reinhold is—he's also there because mm. they've. It's like an interve- It's a bit of an intervention. He's a cuck. 
Oh, God. I mean, technically, yes. But that term is not. He has been cuckold. It's true. And to be honest, he's sort of into it, but he knows that he should be. No, he's, he's not confident. Right into it. That, that's, he's not, that's the whole well, he's thing. Not, but he's not confident enough in himself and his kinks to really, like, lean into that. So, he's he's pushing those feelings down and, and he's going along with this intervention with Mrs. Claus. Did she have a name? I don't even remember the movie. Who played Mrs. Claus? Uh, it was the chick from Lost who who played- oh. um, Kate? She- no, 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 no. Oh, uh, the the, yeah, the thought- other that came in in, like, season three and four. Oh. Yeah, wait. Elizabeth. No. Yeah, Elizabeth Mitchell. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Yep. So, did, did she I, have I a name? Oh, Carol. That. All right. Principal Carol Newman. Okay, Carol. So, the name's Carol. Yeah, so she's there. Judge is there. Neil. His name's Neil. Neil is there. And they're, like- In the room. <laughs> What? In the corner of the room in a rocking chair. <laughs> oh. The fuck? With a blanket over him? That's moving surreptitiously? Uh, no, what I was going to say is like, oh God, this is going way too long for this opening scene. No, no. Basically, they confront you, they know what's been going on, and they kick you out as being Santa. So, who who do you play? Are you playing as Santa trying to like- get back? Because I feel like that's actually not a good protagonist. No, I don't think it is. Do you end up playing as Mrs. Claus and she takes over? Like, is it is it her taking over the Santa operation? I think in the in the prelude that um, you play Santa, yeah, yeah, ju- yeah. just in the prologue, and then one, yeah. once the prologue is done, then the real game starts, and yes, you play Santa. Uh, well, Mrs. because that's a, great, that's a great way to- it's that classic game thing of you start off with everything, right? With all your powers- Yep. With all your tools, and then you start playing Mrs. Claus, and she's never done this before, so she's a blank slate. Yeah. So again, yeah, upgrade love paths, that. upgrade paths, baby. <laughs> you're, you're going for custody of the elves because of these. You're sex- going for custody of the elves because of the sexting, and as you get, but like because of the way the law works, um, each elf is a separate case, so you don't get them all at once. It's not like. <laughs> It's not like all in one go. <laughs> so, so there's different side missions that you got to do to to well, that's to it. like At- win win the elves over to your yeah, side. Yeah, but they become a resource then, right? It's like it is. It's side missions because I'm thinking this is. And again, I've been playing a lot of Spider Man. This is like open world Santa game um, with all these side missions and stuff. And as you get more and more elves, you they can develop you better and better tools. Like Mrs. Claus is Mrs. Claus is way more. Um, into gadgets and like she's she's like we can do this better we can you know we're still living in this in the fucking dark ages of santa clausing she's thinking why is christmas only one day a year <laughs> yes yeah that's that's what you start building up to like she's she's literally thinking if we ran this smoother if we, we could actually yeah, do if, this two times it. a year if we automate this we can be doing this two three ten times a year like every month first of every month's christmas you know, if I've got enough elves, they're all the making- The 25th of every month. Every month has the 25th. That's true. That's true. 25th of every month, Christmas. It's, it's the Christmas of March. It's the Christmas of April. <laughs> uh, we're fucking- We'll destroy Halloween. We'll destroy- uh, Valentine's the, Day. The other ones. Easter. Gone. <sighs> Fuck oh, Easter. <clears throat> but the, the so awesome as thing you, is, as in, you Australia, dis- in Australia, they celebrate both Christmas and Anzac Day. Right. It's awesome. It's just awesome. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you don't, you, they don't uh, get rid of it, is that what you're saying? You can't they don't, they the don't get rid of Anzac Day because it's like, no, they need they need to celebrate this day. They need to celebrate those delicious cookies. Um, yeah, but no, I, I like the idea then that as you kind of destroy each other holiday, there's like a boss fight against the Easter Bunny or oh. Cupid or a fucking Thanksgiving turkey. But what you didn't realise about the Easter Bunny is that- because it's based off of, like, the moon. Like, the moon is, like, a secret, like, sub-boss. Second boss. It's like the final form. Yeah. So, the Easter Bunny is actually just, like, a- um, A projection of the a moon. A projection of the moon. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, as you as you bring more and more elves, as you get custody of more and more elves, 
they're like doing research for you. They're building tools. You've got present guns. You've got zip lines, you know, so you don't have to land every time. It becomes, did you see, have you seen Arthur Christmas? Uh, no, no. It's very yet. good. It's I very really good. should. I've, I mean, I've got a kid and it's a kid's yeah, movie. I but- can't believe you haven't seen that. You've got a fucking six-year-old. This Christmas, maybe this not. Maybe Christmas. This Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, September's Christmas. Okay, yeah, September's yeah. Christmas. So I can <laughs> next year. <laughs> Have yeah, you got anything I, more? Or is uh, that I it mean, for this I one? Probably, I could probably do this all night. But no, I, I like that. Just yeah, open world. Um, Mrs. Claus get Santa game. Uh, get into custody of your elves who then become, you know, research d- development for you, automating the Santa thing, taking over the other. Uh, yep. I love it. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Three to one click. Three to one click. Tiniest exaltation. Hmm. Supernatural fancy. Oh. Oh. So, exaltation is like joy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, so, <laughs> I'm thinking either two things for Tiniest. Beer or a knight in armour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that then supernatural fancy is around, maybe it's like a ghost that possesses uh, suits of armour. Oh, I, I was actually thinking it was- Just for the fashion of it. I was actually thinking it was actually, um, it, cause you said night. I'm like, ooh, what if he's come back from like the crusades or something like that? Okay. And his, his partner or whatever passed away from some disease at the time, but wanted to sneak around so much that they became like a ghost. Okay. So it's now about, um, the night going on a, um, on a quest to try and figure out if there's a way to bring back his, um, his partner. All right. All right, I like that. Now bear with me. It's mm. a VR game. Okay. Yep. Where the ghost of your partner takes over your non-dominant arm. Oh, so so in other words, you only use um, you only use uh, which you get to choose, obviously, but you use either your right or your left arm. Yeah. So you you basically you pick up the right Oculus Touch or the left Oculus Touch. Yeah. And hit the A button with that one, and that's your Oculus. That's touch your arm. Now, there may be something you can do with the other around, like, selecting things or looking around or something. I'm not sure. Well, not looking around, obviously, but, like... Camera control. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's your head, obviously. But, like, around selecting, you know, or interface stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, you've only got control of one arm. And so, (laughs) it's this game where you're going around and you have to, like, stop your other arm from doing shit that you don't want it to do. (laughs) Like, you have to grab it. Stealing apples. No, that's a no, no. <laughs> well, and it, maybe it depends on what, like, direction you want to go down. Um, and so, may- there's almost a bit of a, I mean, and this sounds wrong to say about something that's possessed by a sentient being, but, like, a training sort of thing of, based on, I'm almost thinking a bit of, like, black and white, where you can, like, smack it and it learns mm-hmm. that, it, that, you know, you don't want it to steal things. Um, and you can, like, you, ca- you can, like, ca- <laughs> caress it and it feels good about that. Don't think we should get into the uh, possibility that you can get jerked off by your ex- ex- by your dead you partner in there. your left I hand. Wasn't going well, to. no, I was just saying that we can't do that. <laughs> Don't go there. What I was thinking is, you know, if if you happen to train your arm upright, it becomes a full on killing machine. <laughs> oh, totally! It's like that fucking uh, Rick and Morty episode. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it can change, like. If if you use it for, you know, hitting people, attacking people, it just starts getting real buff and you've just got this one buff left arm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> as you power it up, it's like a level it's a level seventy three arm in in uh in attack in attacking. Okay, so I'm imagining there's gonna be scenes in which you're talking to the ghost that inhabits your arm. Um and I'm well, thinking it's depends. Well, I'm thinking what happens is you know, you, you finish like a, a level or something like that where, mm. you know, the left arm's, you know, going hell for leather is dismembering every single, every single black knight that's in there because it turns out that a black knight is the thing that actually killed you, t- killed you. Let's make it partner. a, uh, uh, um, red knight. A red knight. Yeah. Okay. I just feel like black's overdone for bad guys. Yeah, true. I mean, red is pretty overdone too, but that's, it's a bit different in that sort of. Context. So yeah, red the red, the red knight. Is a long way from home. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
Narcos. Doesn't quite work. Um, but I, I think you, you can have almost like a, um, like a Legend of Zelda. Hey! <laughs> you know, what, oh, whatever God. name is. It just slaps um, you in the face. Yeah, so you, you can have like conversations with, with your, um, your Or partner. actually, I love that idea that you're like in the middle of something and your hand wants to talk to you. So it just starts waving in front of your face, in front of your eyes. <laughs> or like, and if you ignore it, it just like covers it just your eyes. It punches you. <laughs> Um, well, I think, but I think it's like you need to find some paper and a pen, so it can actually <laughs> communicate. To you. Like it can do basic, you know, um, gestures to give you an idea. And I love that idea actually of, um, like making it your, uh, like your guide. Like if you, it's like where's my next uh, mission objective? And you know, sometimes some games will give you a thing on screen or whatever. It. it just points. Yeah, it just points. It's like that way. It's like oh cool. <laughs> um, gives you thumbs up when you do good things well. Yeah, I fucking actually you, I really like- gives you a thumbs down if you don't kill. Yeah, if it's not happy with it. Yeah. Um, I really like that idea, actually. That's really cool. And then, yeah, you can, like- And then you've got different armors and stuff. Because why not? So, I'm just wondering if, like, the final, the final scene that you sort of see is your girlfriend or partner comes back. And then you see that old guy from Pet Cemetery and goes, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking just like, if you've seen Pet Cemetery or read it, you know, it's like, sometimes dead is better. You know, yeah. what comes back is not, is yeah, not yeah. the same. Yeah. It's just a weird pull. Um, no, well, but I like the idea that, yeah, you, um, you do get your partner back and they sort of, you somehow figure out how to manifest them again into a body. But then your arm is just like limp and and like it, you don't get control of your arm back and all the power goes out of, out of it. So it's just like skinny and all the muscles are gone. And and so then when you like turn your, I'm doing, I'm doing it. You can probably hear it. When you turn your head, your shoulders kind of move with it a bit and you can kind of slap <laughs> yourself in the face. With it. Like it's like completely dead. You look in, look in a mirror and you can just like move it around with some nice ragdoll physics. You can pick it up and drop it. <laughs> yeah, you can like pick it up and drop it. Stretch it a bit. It's a little bit stretchy. Um, but that's that's at the end of the game. I, I, I love the idea that they just- It's like, yep, game over. Now, here you are alone with your uh, loose Ghost arm. Hand. With your loose arm. <laughs> um, I like the idea that, you know, you've fallen asleep and um, the camera zooms in on the dead arm that's sort of sitting on top of your body. And, like, the pinky moves. And then it cuts <laughs> to black. Like, oh, there's someone else in there. Yeah. It's your cat. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Ensuing immunization. Fulfilled tradition. Okay. I'm getting the touch of a zombie game here, but I don't want to make it too much of the traditional zombie story. Okay. So, what was yours? Something, tra- something Fulfilled tradition. Fulfilled tradition. So- Something starts some sort of- Maybe not a zombie game. Maybe, like, an outbreak kind of situation um, where there's a, a horrible plague that is let loose because of some- Someone finds documents that, like, is- They think it's going to do something great to fulfill this tradition of this ancient civilization. Mm-hmm. And what it does is, like, opens the tomb. And, yeah, they find riches and, you know, ancient- burial or whatever, but it also lets loose a, a deadly virus. And so, it's all about a, sort of the race to find the immunized, the um, the vaccine. So, are you seeing it sort of like a, a Tomb Raider style of, like, um, action not, adventure Not as puzzles? well. Hmm. I was maybe thinking a bit more of- Kind of an LA noir in a way, like sort of a an adventure with um, not so much detective sort of work, but I think you think you're trying to gather together your team who, of people who need to beat this thing mm-hmm. of the different scientists and you know that one cop who I don't know comes on and helps you because they save you at some point, um, and maybe they're the love interest. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, ju- I'm more thinking of the story here than the the gameplay, I guess. So I guess it's it's a narrative thing. Yep. Um, look, it could even just be 
It could even be closer to something like those uh, virus games, like um, not pandemic Plague Inc. or yeah, like Plague Inc. and stuff, but with more story. And it's not like you play one game and it takes ten minutes. It's sort of like it's over over a longer period of time. But the choices you make, you know, uh, affect how this thing spreads. And so, sort of, so maybe there's like multiple endings and almost a bit of a graphic novel crossed with a Plague Inc. sort of situation. So- I'm sort of seeing it sort of similar to, have you seen the movie Son of Sam? Or Son oh, of Sam, I think it was. I actually haven't, no. Had, like, John Leguizamo and a few other people. Basically, it was set- the backdrop was that it happened during- this whole thing happens during the um the uh, Son of Sam murders that, that happened in, in the United States in, like, 1970s. Yeah. And the, it's just a group of people who start, like, suspecting one of their friends is actually- the, the person, the like, but, yeah. But it was like the entire thing was just like you know, just hysteria mm. Um, mm. around it. I kind of like the idea that you know you hear news reports about this stuff going on, right? And and you know you see you know some remnants of of people being sick, and you're just going about like a sort just of a jump daily to conclusions to daily yeah. life. But you start you start suspecting that you know your um your neighbor down the hall is actually you know. Involved and he he worked for for this lab that um where this outbreak happened, right? And so start- okay, so what you're saying is that is there not actually an outbreak? I think there's an outbreak, but I think it's like you start you start thinking that that this guy that lives down the down the because I actually kind of like that like idea patient of- zero. I actually kind of like that idea of a twist then of yeah, like so it is more about you're sort of an average, average citizen, but. You start putting together this posse, basically, of of like vigilante scientists <laughs> um, who who are, who are convinced that there's a government conspiracy to cover this outbreak up, and they're like gathering evidence but just totally misinterpreting it. But the player doesn't know that yet. Like the player thinks this is legit, and that you're just a scrappy bunch of of scientists who are like uncovering the truth. And I love the idea of the twist of like, no, you are you are all just you haven't looked at the evidence properly, you're jumping to conclusions. There's no actual- Like, there was a minor outbreak mm-hmm. of- There was a release of a strain of flu, but, like, it's no more virile, virile than any other strain of flu, and it was it was contained quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's kind of like kind of like that a- Ebola, you know, scare that, that happened a few years ago and that sort of stuff, in that, yeah, there, were, there was some- some- people that made it through the quarantine and you know then had yeah. to do quarantine well that's it i think they do they there was a quarantine of this lab but like that's just something they have to do it was it was mostly contained um they they discovered all the patients there have been no more reports of it and it's sort of a closed case but you it's it's sort of this like stirring up people in this in this little town to, to believe that there's, there's a cover-up and there's a conspiracy. I actually really like the yeah. sort of story that could tell about fucking, you know, people and conspiracies and the way that they can- And that just the way, the way that they, they go, hang on, didn't Bill down, down the road used to- Like, doesn't yeah, he have, like, like a shirt that, that has this lab on it? And Well, that, and that or, and, you know, hey, um, like, that whole family just disappeared without a trace. And, like, it turns out they just moved away and didn't like you very much. So, they yep. didn't say goodbye. <laughs> But, but they sneak into their house to try and find stuff. Yeah, they-, they like totally start breaking in and stuff. And and but what I also like is this is how movies and games work. Like, so many movies and games would have this story and have it be totally legit, and they do find out there's a conspiracy. I love this idea that I love this idea that it's more of a story around. No, usually there's not a conspiracy, and you're just reading way too much into things because you're on the internet too much. Yeah, yeah, and, I really and, like and that. You're, <laughs> in the game, and you're expecting it to to do that. So. That's the way yeah, exactly. it goes. Exactly. So that would be a fucking fantastic, fantastic twist to that. Yeah. I really like that idea. And yeah, I guess it's just then sort of a classic kind of third person sort of third person or adventure game adventure, game-ish, yeah. adventure game-ish sort of thing with, some, you know, where you put in some stealth elements, put in some, you know, maybe some basic kind of combat mini games when you punch a police officer because he's trying to stop you from breaking into your neighbor's house. <laughs> or, or like a lab and stealing. <laughs> I don't know. Or like, maybe the big twist is at the end is through your reckless actions, you cause an actual outbreak of a really dangerous disease. Because <laughs> you, you go in and free, free like, um, they've got some caged animals like in the there. Like the test monkeys think, oh, system, we're, yeah. we're going to free them. It's like, yeah, 
there's a reason why they were caged up. Because yeah, and they got infected with this thing and we were studying them. <laughs> yeah. And it's transmissible to humans, so <laughs> Yep. It's twelve it's, monkeys. <laughs> and so they uh No, I think it's um they they released the Goanna flu. For some reason it just affects Goannas. <laughs> Three to one click. Three to one click. Varying winding. Cuffed Evangelism. Hmm. Varying winding is kind of strange, but what what I'm seeing is almost a um a sort of supernatural game. Mm-hmm. In that you've inherited this clock from your okay. um from your dead relative, and by varying the amount of time in between winding it, because one of the things that actually it came with it is saying it must be wound up every single day. Okay. Depending on, like, the time of day that you wind it? Yeah, so varying that winding schedule mm-hmm. actually has some some negative consequences in the in the way of either some sort of time travel, something that seems good, but mm. turns out it's really, really bad. Okay. Do you also then- is uh, There has to be some sort of church leader or something then or who, who is arrested <laughs> or into S&M. <laughs> um, well, or gets hit across the back of the head. Well, who, who's enough. to say that? Um, or all three. The the relative that you got this clock off uh, was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And when you went over to pick up pick up the clock, you like noticed some handcuffs, like on the bed, and you just thought, "Oh, okay, he's a bit creepy." <laughs> That's the only way you want to bring that in. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I just I really like this idea of the of the um of the mystical clock that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, maybe I, I, it's I think, that. Maybe I think the previous owner being being a um part of the Vatican or something like that. Well, may, I think I think then no, I think they adds were a bit to it. The head of one of these like mega churches, and mm-hmm. they tell you that part of the reason they got so um, successful is because of this clock. But they've just been sent to prison because, of course, these mega churches are a huge fucking scam, and they were like taking people's money, and you know, got, got caught in prison and then got killed in jail, right? or and that's why you're inheriting it. Um, yeah, I mean, it could just be that he's given it to you since he's in jail and has no use for it anymore, or maybe he wants you to try to get him out of something. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see this as as like a a thriller or a um, mm. you know, sort of a horrorish story in that. Oh, yeah. Take- I think there are some really- You could have some really great scenes where, yeah, if it's something around time travel or time control, I'd love to see a time travel-based horror game. I feel- A horror horror movie or horror game. Yeah. I feel like it must have been done, but- Yeah, the idea of, of going back and, and you know, the horror of changing something that you know is going to have a horrible outcome, um, you know, and it's going to kill someone you love or create some chain reaction that- you know, harms lots of people. Yeah, I sort of see- And having no control over it. Something that happens early on, you know, you you go back in time as part of a, like a, like an early mission or something like that. And yep. whatever, whatever you try to do, it like just turns out bad. Yeah. Like, and it's like stuff is set in place no matter what you try and do. It's sort of, it's, this is the way that it's going to end up. And there's, you know, you sort of get that, that feeling that, of helplessness with it. Yeah. And, and well, I'm picturing kind of a heavy rain style thing almost. Um, not necessarily with the sort of mundane tasks that you end up doing with that, but just that sort of narrative with some branching stuff. Um, but it's mostly linear. Yep. And so you can make some choices when you go back in time and, and you'll see some effects of them later on. Um, but, but they're so it, minor they're, that they don't. Well, they're not. Yeah. They're, it's, it doesn't change the course of the story overall. Um, cause I think, I think it'd be good for the player to have obviously some level of, of, of control, um, or feel like they do, but yeah, it always turns out bad. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering if you don't wind the clock, what's, what's the, um, what's stopping you from just never winding the clock? Hmm. Have you just been told that something even worse will happen or something and you don't want to risk it? Yep. Um, and I think one day, maybe you're coming home from from like work late, and you get involved in a car crash or something like that, and you end up in the hospital in a coma. 
Oh, MK. When you come to. Yeah. It's been, you know, six months or something like that. And, and everyone has, else is frozen. The has, well, the clock has me wound for yeah. that long. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, everything everything's frozen or it, it seems to be frozen, but there's something sort of out there. I, um, I, I kind of like this idea of of this clock is actually the the, the world clock. Like connected to the work. world clock in some way. And because you are the owner of it or have had contact with it, you're not as affected. No, you're not affected because- you are you're, you're actually wind part, out of, of, the part clock. of an ancient, like you're you're part of like the guardian of the clock. You know, it's basically mm. you you personally are, are connected to to it through the fact that your All family right. for generations have looked after the, this clock. Okay, it's okay. a bloodline sort of thing. I do love the idea of waking up and, I mean, how you. I guess it depends what it affects, because I like the idea that you've woken up and every person has been frozen in their same place for six months, and you recognise that, but like. Maybe the grass has kept growing and like maybe it only affects people in some way. Ooh. Or maybe it's an air or maybe it's like an area based thing where there are lots of these people around the world and it's all all for different parts of the world or something. I don't know. I just like that idea of what of waking up to this like eerie eerie um hospital with yeah, all these people who are frozen exactly where they were, or almost exactly where they were. Like, you could put some good signs in there from the scenes you see, you know, before your coma to this six months later, and you recognize that, oh, like, for these people, only an hour has passed or something. But that last that last um, sort of hour, as the clock was getting slower and slower and slower, caused, like, untold amounts of damage or something like that. Mm, yeah, that could be cool. So, I, I also like the idea that that this happens sort of- you know, end of the first act. This is sort of where you're finding about out about who you are, and because yeah, maybe you wake up in amongst all these frozen people, but you s- keep seeing glimpses of someone. Oh, moving. You, know, you know what I want? Your eyes open, and there's literally like a nurse, like yeah, that like was shining your temperature like, or something like yeah. that, and they're still stuck there, and like they're frozen right in front of your face, frozen, frozen with a thermometer right up your anus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but what I was going to say is. Yeah, like, end of the first act is when this sort of happens, and then you find this person and they become a bit of a mentor to you because they're sort of aware of, of your um, history and who you are, and maybe they're one of them too. Maybe they're for someone who's disgraced or something, uh, and you're not sure of their motives. But I like the idea that coming into the climax of the whole game, there's a choice you have to make, and maybe this does lead to different endings, well, it probably would, of whether or not to wind the clock. Or just destroy it. Or ju- well, or just like let the world stop moving forward in time, <laughs> well, and, ma- and to be, and I guess you'd be maybe alone. as as we sort of as we sort of can allude to that you know human beings don't are are um are affected by this clock, mm. but other animals and maybe machines themselves aren't aren't actually affected by it. So yeah, it could yeah. be well. That it's it's something to do with the whole human race, and if you just destroy the yeah. clock, like you're just in a in a permanently almost the end of Futurama sort of thing. <laughs> that they're may- stuck in a moment. May- <laughs> maybe, yeah. Well, I like the so I, I like the idea of stuck in a moment. I don't think it's destroying the clock because I like it much better that it's forever going to be a temptation to you. Yeah. I think what it is is maybe maybe time has frozen right before someone you love is about to get killed or something is going to happen to them. And you know that if you wind this clock, they are, you're going to have to see them die. But if you don't wind it, they'll be frozen there forever. And But so will the rest of the human race. And so it could be a really sort of heavy decision yeah. to have the, the player make. Lots of cool narrative things that we can do with that. Yeah, I, did, I just, I really like that ending of you could totally just choose to live this horrible- sad life pining over this person you love who's like frozen in time with i don't know a bullet 6 inches from their head or but the rest of the human race is done like yeah or or you rather than 6 inches from their head i think it's just entered like it's just like it's got to the point where it's actually just you know, right. you see yeah. the splinters sort of coming out i guess out, you so want to make sure that there's no literally no way they can no way out. change anything I mean, maybe there's some rule around they have to be in the same place they were when they wind the clock. But you know the other thing that I like the idea of? That Mm. this clock also 
like keeping it wound traps other other sort of beings within in 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 like a certain frozen state if it's kept wound. But okay, but yeah, actually- I mean, it could have other other sort of features. <laughs> That's not the right word. Other effects that you can employ. Yeah. So, yeah. so the opposite actually happens in in that by not winding the clock now, you've you've unleashed a terror that no one no one is actually aware of because you're right, the only one who right. can actually move. But they they're literally oh god. And then the sequel is you like continually running away from these demonic creatures amongst this world of frozen people. Oh, that'd be creepy. That's like a, I love the really cool idea. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's let's leave it on that. Let's should we should we do one more? Yeah, one more. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, click. Grand woman. Okay. Auspicious pacemaker. Now, auspicious means like favorable, giving or being a sign of future success um, or prosperous sort of thing. So, I guess an auspicious pacemaker would be something that brings someone luck or, or prosperity. And grand woman. Yes. Maybe it's about a grandmother. That's what I was thinking. And I was mm. thinking that there aren't enough stories about grandmothers. Ooh. Is it a story? Again. Yeah. I know that we, we keep on doing this. I don't is know. She- I think I think it should be a bayonetta style beat 'em up where you play <laughs> where you play a grandmother. Who's just had a just had a pacemaker installed and it's it an auspicious occasion be- because um <laughs> you know, she she now gets to um she now gets to go to her, her granddaughter's wedding. Oh, sorry. I thought you were. I thought you were yes ending my bayonetta idea. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't got to the. I haven't got to the f- the fact that um that on the on the way to the wedding, like she's full on going through like massive boss fights and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. What sort of world is this then? That that this grandmother like because that's fine. I love this idea. She's going to a wedding that she was. You know, she's been stuck in her house because her, she's got a, had a bad heart for years. She's finally got a pacemaker, which means she can get around and kick some ass. Yeah. So, I'm thinking in this particular world that um, technology is um, only for only for the rich. So, okay. in other words, yep. she couldn't actually afford this pacemaker. Okay. And- So, America. <laughs> in 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it could, it could easily be set, set then. And, you know, so she's, she's being kept away from- Heartache and all this sort of stuff, and you know, has been told all this stuff, and I just think the idea of having to go through like uh, the next couple of months leading up to the um, leading up to the wedding, and sort of experiencing new things for the first time. You so, know, think- ser- so okay, you say you're this is the serious side of the game. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like being serious, but then yeah. you know, there, there can be there can be scenes in her head where. Where she's just sort of walking down the street in the mall, stops to smell oh. the flowers, and then like, okay, no, 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 I like that idea—a bit of magical realism. Yeah, where, yeah, you get to okay, okay. She daydreams a lot. She's been stuck in the house for all this time. Oh, that's why, because she, she's been she's been isolated for a very long time. She used to be a fantasy her whole, her whole family was worried about her heart, and so they've kind of kept her isolated and 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 encased in a bit of a bubble. And she's finally. Raise the money or whatever. The insurance has come through. Fucking, they finally got a decent president who brought in universal healthcare, and she got a pacemaker. And so now, yeah, she's out there, slowly moving around with her cane, until ninjas attack, and <laughs> she has to beat the shit out of them. But it's all in it. It's a daydream sort of thing. Yeah. So you kind of there's a nice juxtaposition of, yeah, her living out sort of the final. Taking joy in the final years of her life and and imagining her sort of inner world of of being a superhero of sorts. Um, so I'm I'm imagining that she's going through and and sort of experiencing almost, almost like her, her granddaughter comes to her and says, you know, oh, the florist isn't able to get the flowers that I really want. And so mm-hmm. she she always dreams about you know what she's going to do go down there and and like talk talk to the florist to try and get this this to happen. And they send her on like a side quest to like to like yeah. um des- destroy like bandits that have come in come in um. Well, it's like know. the flowers can only be found on uh, the shoulder of the titan who lives you know in the mountain range. 
Yeah, uh, and then you do like a Shadow of the Colossus sort of thing. Of yeah, yeah, you gotta like, exactly. <laughs> I love the idea of, and this would be really hard to do to, if you to do it the way I'm thinking, but I love the idea of at the end of the game, you get scenes of all of these things happening, but from the granddaughter's perspective, where it's just the grandmother kind of just being a grandmother, right? And but she's telling these grand tales and like acting them out and stuff. But it's it's the things you did in the game. So like, I mean, you could do that. In, you could do that in a way. But I was kind of thinking it would be cool if it actually like mirrored some of the things you chose to do as a player, right? Oh, I'm I'm picturing that they um they're going to the wedding, which is on this island. They've got to catch a ferry across, and yep. they're on the ferry, and then all of a sudden pirates just board, and it's sort of totally, like, yeah. You know, a swashbuckling yeah. affair of, you know, her grabbing, grabbing the, um, the cane and pulling the sword out of it. And, you know, <laughs> yes, totally. In the end, she like steals the captain's hat. She's just wearing this fucking awesome pirate hat. Has a power yeah, on her shoulder that just lands there. And it's like, you know, and then she shakes out of it and it's like they've, they've arrived at the island. And But she does, she did steal someone's hat. But, but I, I like the <laughs> idea that, um, you know, the reason for these things are, I don't know, she, her wanting to live her life and her, you know, wanting yeah, to relive yeah, these, yeah. these sort of adventures that she she may have had. I think had she feel like she missed or- out on so much life because, you know, I think she spent multiple decades in this isolated place. You know, she was diagnosed with this thing at 50 years old or something and she's now in her late 70s, early 80s. And she's spent the last few decades... You know, her her partner's died, she's been alone, her kids come and visit, but not often enough, and and they, they sort of- she has been too unwell, or they've made sure, like, they've been too worried about yeah. her to let her kind of live her life. So, yeah, she's- she's yeah, it, again, it's this magical realism thing. She's fallen into- she's, she's using that to- she's used that over the years to to kind of make her life more interesting- well, what what and she used to be was a was a fantasy writer. Oh well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I like that background too. Or she maybe she's been writing these books as the whole time. Like that's something she maybe she became a fantasy writer at you know fifty five because she was stuck in the house and she was able to let her you know her her imagination run away. Um, but now she's out and the things have combined and she can't turn it off. But yeah, it could be this really heartwarming. Story and I can yeah I can kind of picture it I can picture the in between scenes where you are kind of just walking a little bit slowly and you know sort of the the family scenes and stuff and then it breaks out into this awesome set piece where you're fucking this agile lady kicking oh, ass and it's the exact same model too like you know three D oh model yeah no she doesn't change she doesn't change no she just the only thing that changes is the actual animations that she can all of a sudden start running and yeah. I'm picturing her like sort of hunched over a little bit, but like when she things happen, she sort of straightens yeah. up. And, oh, that could like, be really a nice little. Gone and- it could be a nice little subtle, yeah, subtle change. I like that. Oh yeah, and and just I'm picturing her sort of cracking her neck. She sort of like stands up tall, <laughs> like to her full. Oh five god, foot, and she's got inches. all these awesome one-liners. Uh, you know, as the pirates come on board, and she's just like. <laughs> Uh, it's no, there'll be no shivering of timbers today. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at one liners. The writers can come up with that cool stuff, but something about a Werther's original. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> um, th- th- this, I'm this the is- original. <laughs> Piss, fuck off, fuck off, Werther's. I'm the original. Um, this this is for OG. for my for my grandmother. This this just I remember. I was like, ooh, that one's gonna need some Rollies salve. <laughs> some Rollies salve is that a brand? Yeah. yeah so it was oh like this. God. It was this stuff in a tin that was just like a antiseptic oh, salve that you just yeah. put on on like scrapes and stuff. And she used to have it all the time. You can still get it. Like you can buy it from the markets. And it probably does fuck all. But it's like I just like the idea of her calling that out. It's like. What the fuck is Roy? <laughs> like the, the guy getting a bit confused and gets taken out. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, that's really cool. I, I, I'll play shit out of that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we might finish it up there on that grand note. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so, if you want to find us on the internet, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram. A bit Stormcast on all of those. That's how you can find us. Uh, we are on 
Podchaser, where you can also find our Facebook group and our YouTube page. Uh, that's the best way to get to those links. So that's at podchaser.com slash bitch, bitch storm. That's at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. We do have a website, which you can also find from that Podchaser link. There's everything. You can find everything from that I know, page. It's, it's awesome. amazing. The people who made that should be commended. Um, except for like their CTO was just a creepy old man. Um, he just, he likes sexy though. He's sexy. Like, yeah, but he says weird things like Santa Claus, you're so sexy. <laughs> well, I mean, the right Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you're, if you use Apple devices, we are on iTunes where we'd like it if you could rate, review, and even subscribe to us there. I'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Um, just search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kurdust for the song Mad Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Yes, that's all of them. <laughs> yes, so, it is. I was trying to think of an end thing. <laughs> so, thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Watch out for the drop bears.